0: you put in the work every day hours and hours training but think about how much more focused you'd be with a coach welcome to the what's up podcast what's up podcast where we'll explore all of your questions from climbing in the dolomites to winning your local cycling events this podcast is sponsored by kyle coaching a results-oriented data-driven coaching service for the working endurance athlete now your host head coach of kyle coaching this is chuck kyle
1: Good afternoon from the Black Torture Chamber here in Alexandria, Virginia. My wife, Dana, and I will be talking about the book, The Brave Athlete. Now, not really giving you a book review, but more of talking about how can this book be used to better help the endurance athlete. So what is The Brave Athlete? Well, first off, the authors are Simon Marshall, Ph.D., and Leslie Patterson. The book deals with how the brain answers unwanted thoughts and feelings and what you can do about those. So the authors, I mean, what was kind of neat is they really stayed away from the typical motivational cliches, and they provided real-world mental skills based on the latest research in neuroscience and psychology. So Dr. Marshall has his academic background as a professor of sports and exercise psychology, and then coupled with Ms. Patterson's experience as a three-time world champion in off-road triathlon, uh, an Ironman champion, a professional mountain biker, and endurance coach, those two together really dove into the uh, athlete's mind. So, Dana, what really stood out about the book to you?
2: There are many takeaways from the book, but the one thing that has resonated the most with me is Elsa.
1: Who's Elsa?
2: So, Elsa is, if anybody knows me, I name everything that's in my life. And Elsa is my chimp. In the book, you learn the way in which your brain functions. One aspect of it is your chimp. It's the thing that kept you alive when there were T-Rexes running around and trying to eat you. It's that fight-or-flight syndrome. It's that fight. Elsa is the thing that makes you mad when somebody cuts you off in traffic. It's Elsa seeks to protect me from things that are bad. So 8 a.m., and I have to think about going to a race. She's the thing that tries to convince me to sleep in.
1: (laughs) What's the other parts of the brain?
2: The other part of the brain is we have the professor brain, which is the rational one who gets information, who's like, you know what? Okay, I know you're nervous. Everybody else is nervous. Just go in the bathroom, put on your kit, and go out and race. And then there's the computer brain, which is the thing that actually does all the analysis of the data. And there might be other parts of the brain, but I don't remember. So.
1: Well, those were, those were the, the three biggest parts. The first third of the book, they really talk about kind of the passion, the motivation, and, and the identity. So, you know, who's Lagatha?
2: Well, one of the things you, when you read about, or you read the book... You find out that there are certain types of athletes, and and there's the one that really like I am where my chimp comes out and I get really nervous. And so one of the things that is suggested to overcome this is sort of pick a power animal, if you will, or somebody that you can become for the 45 minutes during the crit. And I'm a huge fan of the TV series Vikings for many reasons, and especially their very strong female characters. And so Lagatha, which is on the back of my skin suit, the name, is is my race personality? It's my race persona.
1: So when you roll up to the line, it's not Doctor Dana Strick. It's no. it's Shield Maiden Lagatha. As
2: Shield Maiden Lagatha, yes. Ready to? I don't have a shield, but I just try to channel my inner Lagatha. What would Lagatha do?
1: Trying to get to Valhalla.
2: <laughs> well, hopefully not. That, that would.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, so then the second third of the book really kind of talks about obstacles, setbacks, conflict. And one of the things that you and I've talked about in the past is how do you use this outside of just sport? What about our relationship?
2: What I think is useful about the whole concept of the chimp, which is, again, my main takeaway of this book, is everybody has a chimp. For some people, their chimp doors are rusted shut and you never see the chimp. For some, it's well greased and you actually very rarely don't see the chimp. And it's an easy way when you see that the person with whom you're in a relationship is sort of acting a little irrationally, you can just say, hey, does the chimp need a banana? And it's a great way to sort of address something that is kind of funny, but it does get your point across.
1: It is kind of funny because we, we've been in traffic and someone's cut us off and, and I've got upset and Dana's like, put the chimp back in a cage. At the same time, though, I mean, I've been able to look at her and say, mm, hi, you know, does your chimp need a banana, as she mentioned. So it, it's been great. But how about like at work?
2: What uh, has become kind of funny in my office is given some of the things that we have to deal with and dealing with people that try to tell us subject matter experts how to do our jobs. Somebody I work with has a chimp that gets out very easily and I explained the concept of the chimp and the professor and the computer brain and now even my boss has said oh gosh that's made somebody I work with that's gonna make her chimp come out it's just not gonna be good or I can say to my colleagues look I just I read this email oh my gosh so-and-so said this and my chimp's out and so they know that that means I know I'm behaving irrationally or out of anger or whatever and I know I shouldn't do this so you guys are gonna have to put me back in my cage.
1: (laughs) So I think we should go a little bit further into the professor, the chimp, the computer. So like Dana said, the computer portion is, that's the database that has all your past experiences. And the problem is that the actual computer it will send information to the chimp a whole lot quicker than it sends it to the professor. When it gets time for a situation to come up, the chimp gets the information and the chimp overpowers the professor. So that's one of the big takeaways that you that you can look at the book, you know, what's going on is my chimp, the one that's that's really kind of fighting this or is the professor winning? You know, what's the thing? And that brings us to the last third of the book and it really talks about the fight and what, you know, what's your new battle skills that you can use to fight this? There's all kinds of things we could talk about. Well, want to do real quick is to give you an example of something that they they talk about so so dana what would you consider your biggest fight when it comes to your biggest conflict when it comes to towing a line
2: well actually i have two one is actually getting me to the line i will look at oh my god there's a one percent chance of rain i can't possibly race (laughs) And, and then actually the other challenge is when i'm actually in the race and you've said oh you know you should with five laps to go attack you know five laps to go comes i'm like oh i'm I'm feeling a little tired. I had to put it in an effort back there, and so it, it's it's fear. It's fear of of trying something and not being successful.
1: So, would you say that you're outside of your comfort zone?
2: It's, yes, it, that would be definitely outside my comfort zone.
1: <laughs> I think they would ca- that would call that uh, leading the uh, witness, but that's beside the point. So, one of the things they talk about is is your comfort zone and your comfort zone is entirely imaginary. It's like an emotional plaster cast for your leg that's really not even broken. And then that's the words, not mine. So how do you deal with that? Well, the first thing you do is you find that comfort zone that you want to bust out of. I think a good example for Dana would be mass start races on a track.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the fear that I have in a criterium where the course is actually not banked. And now I'm on a bike with no brakes with a banked surface. That was a, something that fills my heart with fear. In fact, I think my heart rate is accelerated right now.
1: Well, and it's probably also, you know, being that that you got second place at Masters Nationals and Criteriums uh, two years ago, and now you're rolling onto track and and you truly are a rookie, you know, how's that play out?
2: In some way, it's interesting. Elsa's a little calmer because Elsa doesn't have any expectations. If I do well, wow, I'm a newbie.
1: But what about the people around you?
2: I don't like letting people down.
1: And she doesn't want to be the, the person on the track who can't control their bike. I uh, don't
2: want to take out everybody else.
1: So one of the things that they talk about, number one, is is choose that comfort zone. So for Dana, we're going to talk about, you know, how can she start do a mass start race? So the, the first hey, thing... Hey, hey,
2: hey, I've done one.
1: <laughs> so, well, that's it's kind of like the second step. The first step is figuring out the comfort zone. The second step is just by watching or by participating a little bit and just, so what that does is kind of reduces the stress and it helps you, you know, avoid that risk of embarrassment. Then the third step is to, to pre-create the fear. Do you have any issues with pre-creating the fear?
2: <laughs> I'm very good. I, I can actually like think of, oh my gosh, I'm going to register for the race and my heart rate accelerates at all the things that happens to most people who race prior to the race, except it's a week beforehand.
1: It's kind of like desensitizing the stress. By doing that, by removing the stress, then you can kind of feel forward. It's a technique, that is looking to the future by thinking about it and planning for it. It's kind of visualizing the race. And then the last one is kind of deconstruct a scenario. Think of the things that could go wrong and how would you deal with those. And it's really being able to visualize the race from the very beginning to the very end. So this is something that Dr. Marshall and Ms. Patterson would talk about, is getting out of that comfort zone, understanding the comfort zone you're in, Start by just watching, recreate the uh, pre-create the fear, and then deconstruct the scenario. Do you think that's a, a method that would help you out?
2: I think. Oh, actually, I think you've already implemented it without me realizing it so the first time that we roll up to masters and track nats and we watch a match sprint one of the people in the match sprint is actually now our track coach Brian neighbors and from Hop coaching and I'm, I'm watching him and and he actually was a, a pretty aggressive match sprint i've never watched one before so i don't realize that this is sort of the exception rather than the norm and it is just it's it's vicious and my thought was oh, F no. And, and yours was, oh my God, I want to do that. And I just thought, okay, that that's that's fine, but I'm just going to stay by myself and I just want to do timed events. Fast forward a year and now I'm like, well, maybe that wouldn't be so bad. Now I know when it gets closer to if I ever do this, Elsa is going to be in full-fledged, full-blown chimp mode and looking for rain. I'm praying for rain because what's really cool about the track is it rains. It's an outdoor track. You don't race. (laughs) Elsa likes that. She'll have to find
1: something else wrong. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll let you all know how Dana does on uh, her upcoming match or her upcoming uh, mass start races and match sprinting. So uh, any final thoughts, Dana?
2: No, I I think that this, the book is, there are a lot of really great takeaways for things more than just athletics. I encourage everybody to read it. There are a lot of exercises that you can work through, but I think it helps you understand your own behavior and motivation uh, a lot better and allows you to interact better with the people with whom you work and with whom you're personally involved.
1: <laughs> and I know we were talking this morning at Pete's, and uh, one of the things that Dan had brought up was that what she really liked about it is Dr. Marshall could have really gone into the the physiology behind the parts of the brain, da 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 And there's plenty of opportunity to do that in the future, but right now it was like, okay, what could I write that will allow the athlete to be able to read this and do exactly what the uh, cover says? You know, the brave athlete, calm the F down and rise to the occasion. Well, I want to thank you all for listening uh, this afternoon. If you want to purchase a book, there'll be a link in our notes session. And I look forward to talking to you again. And I want to thank Dana for coming on and uh, chatting.
2: My pleasure.
0: You have the endurance. You have the perseverance and motivation. And now you have a coach. For more information from today's podcast, check the episode notes. If you have any questions regarding this episode, drop them in the comment section or send them on Twitter to at what's Up podcast or email coach Chuck at Chuck at Kyle This is the what's Up podcast till next time.